running your business like a CEO, it requires strategy. It requires having a plan. And it also requires skillfully managing your time and energy each and every week as a CEO so that you are putting your attention on the CEO level tasks that are actually going to move your business forward. But this is an area where often we can get stuck because we all know that the inbox and the admin and the ongoing busy work day to day in our business can become a distraction. At the end of the week, we realize we haven't made progress on those big rocks, those high priority tasks that are going to truly move your business forward. Well, in this episode, we're talking about how you can run your week like a CEO and make those higher value tasks a priority. Are you ready to grow from solopreneur to CEO? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Rachel Cook, and I've spent the last decade helping women entrepreneurs start and scale service-based businesses. If you're serious about building a sustainable business, it's time to put the strategy, systems, and support in place to make it happen. Join me each week for candid conversations about stepping into your role as CEO, the hard lessons learned along the way, and practical, profitable strategies to grow a sustainable business without the hustle and burnout. Welcome back to this third installment in the Run Your Business Like a CEO series. So far in the series, we've talked about a little bit more of the big picture. We've talked about how do we plan our quarter? How do we make sure at the beginning of every month we are staying on top of that plan and adapting and adjusting as needed? And now I want to talk about what we do each and every week. Because it's not just the planning, it's making sure that we have the systems in place that allow us to truly follow through on that plan and stay consistent in our implementation. This is the work that we've been doing inside of the CEO collective. And it's also a big part of why I decided to create the CEO planner. If you've heard me talk about it in the last couple episodes, but the clients that I have who are using it are seeing such massive results. And the biggest reason is these things we're going to talk about today are built into the planner itself. These are the five self-accountability strategies that really help you to become masterful at implementation, masterful at managing your time and your energy, masterful at putting first things first, putting the big rocks in your business, those things that are truly going to move the needle for you first on your calendar instead of what everybody else is reaching out to you to do. So you may have heard me talk about this in the last couple episodes, and I want to make sure I'm letting you know before we dive into these five key things to run your week like a CEO, I want you to know that we are running a giveaway, a giveaway for a full year's worth of CEO planners. That is four 90-day planners. How do you enter to win the giveaway? All you have to do is go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review this month, January 2021. If you get your rating and review submitted by January 31st, I will be pulling a very lucky winner 
randomly, of course, from all of our newest reviews, and then announce the winner and send out a full box of the CEO planners for that winner. So if this has been helpful to you, make sure you get these CEO planners. It's seriously one of the things I'm proudest of, but it's such a simple tool that can truly make a massive impact in your business. Okay, so let's talk about these five key things to running your week like a CEO. And these are things that you may have heard me talk about. I have additional trainings and episodes on a lot of these. So I will link those up as we go through. But I'm going to also be sharing some of the updates and things that I'm learning as my businesses continue to grow. And I've had to step even more into my own self leadership. So the first thing that I make sure I have every single week in front of me is my model calendar. Now I have talked a lot about my model calendar approach. We talk about this in the fired up and focus challenge. We have talked about this on the podcast before I will link up the specific training I have about the model calendar approach. But what a model calendar is, is essentially time blocking. It is blocking out times in my calendar every single week where I am focused on specific types of tasks. So I create my model calendar and I consistently review it and update it based on what needs to change. People are often surprised. And if they ever tell me, well, I can't seem to follow my model calendar or it's just not working for me. I'm like, are you reviewing it and editing it and updating it as needed? Because often we realize what we thought we needed might needs to change. So there's a few key things that I'm putting in my model calendar. Now, once I've figured out what my working hours are going to be, and you all know my motto, life before business, I plan my working hours around my family. I plan it around my self-care. I plan it around making time for other relationships or other things I need in my life or my health or whatever it might be. So I have very clear working hours and creating this container for myself has saved me so much frustration. I was never the type of mom early on when I was running a business and had these two little twins. I was not the mom who could work during nap time. I didn't even have that option because I had twins. So chances are I'd get one down and the other one would get up. I needed dedicated time where I knew I didn't have to try to be everything to everyone at that moment. So I created my own model calendar and decided I would work from nine until two 30. Now I will say some days change a little bit. Some days I cut out early. I've decided to take Fridays off this year, which is a big reason why my days have become a little bit longer. I used to do from 10 to two 30, but this year I made the decision that since we were homeschooling our kids, I wanted a day with them and I wanted to give my husband a day off. So Fridays are generally his day off. He is doing the homeschooling the rest of the week, but that is my day to do something fun with them. So I work Monday through Thursday from nine until about two 30 with the time that I have. I want to block out in my calendar, the most important tasks that I'm responsible for in my business. Now, if you've heard the episode, and again, I will link this up about defining your role as the CEO, I have three clear priorities of where my time and energy needs to be spent. So I block out time for those in my business. The first thing is I need to make sure I'm doing my CEO work. And that means having my CEO date 
I'll talk about what that is a little bit more in just a second. But this is an hour I start my week with where I'm actually checking in on my plan. I'm checking in on my business. I'm checking in on everybody in the team and adapting and adjusting the plan every single week because things are going to come up. Sometimes somebody didn't get something done in time, so you can't pass it off to the next person. It kind of slows down the whole workflow. Sometimes I realize I need to change what I thought I was going to be doing that week. Sometimes I realize I need to free up more bandwidth for myself or for somebody on the team. These CEO dates happening first thing Monday morning for me, they really help me to proactively make the changes before things become, again, an emergency situation. My whole goal is to avoid running my business like it's an emergency. I want to be proactive. I want to be intentional. So I have my CEO date and then I check in with my team. But really Mondays for me, the whole block for Mondays on my model calendar, this is my CEO time. This is my time to do all my big picture planning. This is my time to do bigger picture strategy. This is my time to do my CEO development. So if there's something I'm working on to strengthen my own skill sets, that is where it goes is on Mondays. So you could look at this as blocking out a couple hours for your CEO time, for your CEO dates, for updating your team, for doing your CEO development. Or you could just say, I have a theme day. But it does make sure that every single week, you are prioritizing that level of work, that strategy, that planning, that team management. Now, the next thing I'm responsible for in my business is I am responsible for my clients. Now, I do not do all the delivery on my own. Um, the way my business is structured, my team helps with a significant portion of the delivery. We have spent years building up all of the assets that we have available to deliver to our clients. So all of the trainings, all the systems, all the tools, all the teachings, all that stuff has taken us a long time. But I am responsible for a portion of our client delivery. And I want to make sure that I have times in my calendar that are very clear making sure I have clearly defined times in my model calendar helps me so much because I have found over the years that when I am switching tasks, it causes me to kind of short circuit a little bit. It's kind of like my brain gets overwhelmed if I'm switching from a call with a client to a call with somebody on the team to a call with my own coach to trying to do an interview for whatever. It gets overwhelming and my brain does not feel like it's working optimally. So I like to batch like with like. And when I'm having times for clients, that will be a whole block of time in my calendar. So I've actually blocked out in my calendar specific days that are me working with my clients. These could be, I have a handful of one-on-one people, very top secret behind the scenes. I don't talk about it. I don't really promote that, but I, I often have one or two people who are working with me or alumni who want to just pop in and, and have an hour with me. So I have two client appointments on Tuesdays. One is at nine o'clock. One is at 1030. And then I also do client calls with the CEO collective. So I'll often have people who are joining us and they get a bonus call with me 
So I've set out specific times, one on Tuesday at 12 and two at nine o'clock or at 1030 on Thursday morning. So that allows me on my client facing weeks, I have five times available to be connecting with my clients. And I love that. I love having built into my business the opportunity to really dig in and get to know people and their businesses. I will always be somebody who loves having some of this high touch. I also have a dedicated time where I am doing the live strategy and support call inside of the CEO collective. So that's Thursdays at noon. Now, if you heard me walk through these times, I want to share with you, this is a lesson I had to learn. We actually built out a whole calendar SOP for the team to really understand what I need to manage my energy, what I need to manage my focus when it comes to the communicating with clients and being present for them. Because I am an introvert. I am a highly sensitive person. I do get a little overwhelmed if I'm kind of in output mode a lot. So I have learned over trial and error that I need a little bit of a buffer between all of those calls. And that kind of helps me to manage my energy better. So when I'm having calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays, they're scheduled at nine o'clock, 1030 and 12 o'clock. This gives me a half hour buffer between each call. And I have a max of three calls a day. Any more than that, I really get pretty tired just because of the amount of energy it takes me, the super (laughs) sensitive introvert over here, takes me so much energy. So I make sure that I'm giving myself buffer and that I'm not overscheduling myself. In fact, anytime I have felt like run down or tired or depleted, it is usually because my calendar has gotten away from me and we haven't been following this model calendar where I have these buffers, where I have these, you know, constraints around my time and energy. And I have to get back to it, which usually means in my CEO date, I have to readjust the schedule in order to get back in alignment with this. Now, Wednesdays are what I call my no call day. This has become so helpful for me this year, especially. I have had a lot going on over this past year. I've been working very closely with Angie Trueblood's team. She has been pitching me for interviews. We have done dozens of podcast interviews over this past year. I probably do three or four a month. And I needed a day where I could just get content created. After all, I'm running this podcast that I produce pretty much every single week. I'm creating content for the CEO collective. So as things come up, I'm creating masterclasses or creating additional resources. And then I'm also, you know, constantly being interviewed or in the media or what have you. So I need days where I can get that content done. So I'll alternate these client facing weeks with non-client facing weeks. And these are really content facing weeks. And the biggest difference there, it pretty much looks the same. Monday is still my CEO day, CEO date, team call, any CEO development. Tuesdays and Wednesdays are all content time. So that's when I try to book my interviews. That's when I try to work on the podcast. That's when I'm trying to work on any additional training we're delivering. All of those things are happening on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, those weeks. And then Thursdays are still my CEO collective day. So I'll still have time in there for some bonus calls and then my main strategy and support call. This helps me to really protect my time and energy, and it makes sure that I'm staying focused on the high-level CEO strategy I need to be focused on, taking amazing care of my clients, whether it's you know, a handful of one-on-one calls or some bonus calls, and also taking care of the content that I am responsible for in my business. 
Now, there are other things that I'm doing in my business. There are other things behind the scenes that I have to check in on, like running this team. Sometimes I'm building out a system with them, or sometimes I'm reviewing whatever they're working on. Those things come up as they come up. And that's why I don't over schedule in my model calendar. I'm giving myself some buffers, especially in the afternoons. That's when I go in and I check in on a lot of things. So if you haven't created a model calendar, if you haven't created a calendar SOP, you should definitely make that a priority because this is what helps you protect your time and energy. In fact, I'm looking at my calendar and scheduling SOP. I mean, we break down exactly what all the specific calendars that we use are in the business. We use Google Calendar. Each of them have a slightly different purpose, but we break down important notes and boundaries. Like Rachel's not available on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Schedule appointments Tuesdays and Thursdays at two o'clock, at 1030, and at 12 o'clock. Include a 30-minute buffer between all appointments. Max appointments per day is four. Final appointment time is 2.30. We make sure it's really clear how to schedule certain appointments. So we have a breakdown in our SOP of how we schedule our one-on-one client calls, how we schedule our bonus calls for the collective, how we schedule interviews, et cetera. And sometimes we have to adapt a little bit, especially for interviews, because you know that's a big front-end priority for the business. We have to adapt to their calendar as well. But if I can keep the things in alignment with my model calendar that I can, like my own client calls, everything else tends to run much more smoothly. Okay, my second most important strategy to help you run your week like a CEO is your CEO date. Your CEO date is that time on your calendar. Mine, again, is at nine o'clock on Monday mornings where you are checking in with your business. And in fact, I have a whole CEO date checklist. We will make sure you can go get it in the show notes. But this checklist is helping me to make sure we are on top of what is going on in the business. Sometimes I find that if we're not checking back with our plan, or if we don't have a system to check in with our plan, then we drop balls somewhere, or we wait until things are an emergency situation to course correct. And when we're checking in in this way, when we're following the CEO date checklist, everything comes so much easier for you. You're able to be more proactive. You're able to respond instead of react to things that need to be adapted and adjusted in your business. And you're able to manage your time better because now you're starting your week knowing what you might need to shift and not find yourself, you know, again, running in emergency mode. We don't want to do that. So what does your weekly CEO date checklist look like? Well, you can go download the checklist and it'll walk you through everything. This is actually built into the planner. Every single week you have a CEO date checklist for you to go through and check off and make notes on. And that's what I do. It is so incredibly helpful. So the first thing I do with my weekly CEO date is I review my metrics. Now I'm not somebody who's tracking like every single metric in the world. I do my more in-depth metric tracking on a monthly basis, like I talked about in the last episode. But every week, I want to check in on two key metrics. I want to check in on my lagging metric and my leading metric. So my lagging metric is my revenue. You know, how are we with revenue? Every beginning of the week, I sit down and I say, okay, what is our revenue to date this month? 
What is the recurring revenue that we still anticipate to receive? So we have payment plans going. So we always know how much more revenue should already be coming in because it's already scheduled. And then I need to ask myself, how much more revenue do I need to bring in in order to achieve our revenue goals? So I'm always checking in on revenue. And because I'm looking at it once a week, I'm able to plan for if I need to do something in order to make up revenue, right? I'm ordered to be on top of it. I don't wait to the end of the month to find out I didn't hit my revenue goal. I can tell really easily if I need to do something extra. Maybe I need to send out a few more emails. Maybe I need to personally reach out to some people, but I'm able to be more proactive. Proactive is the key here. I'm also looking at my leading metric. So your leading metric predicts your lagging metric. Revenue, I can only look at that once it's happened, but there are things I can look at in my business that will tell me whether or not we are likely to hit that revenue goal. In my business, it's going to be email list subscribers. So I know that we primarily sell via emails. That's our primary way that we reach people. And I can track how many people are getting onto my email list and engaging with my email list. If we're sending out sales emails, how many are opening them and clicking through? How many people are clicking the sales page link? This information is so helpful for me because I can tell very quickly, like, are we getting enough people looking at our sales page because they're clicking through our emails? Are we getting enough people on the email list in general in order to achieve our client goals, our revenue goals? So by keeping tabs on that, I can decide again in advance, like if we're not getting enough people looking at the sales page, I can think to myself, what do I need to do here? Do I need to go in and try changing up the emails that we're sending out? Do I need to send an additional email? Do I need to simply get more people on the email list? So tracking these things helps us to make smarter decisions so that we can course correct before We get to the end of the month and then realize we didn't make enough revenue. So these are things you only learn over time. These are things you only really learn over time as you become more clear about what drives results in your business. For some people, this could look like tracking referrals. So if you are a referral-based business, you might be tracking how many referrals are you getting into your business each and every week. And if you're not getting enough, if you know how many referrals you need to get in order to acquire a client, then you can ask yourself, okay, what can I do in order to boost referrals? Do I need to ask some more people? Do I need to reach out? Do I need to run a referral campaign? Do I need to do something else in order to make sure that that is coming in so that you will see the revenue you want to see. So once I go through and I look through my CEO date checklist, I'm also planning for the week ahead. So I'll set my top three for the week. And this really is one of the most important things when you are planning for your week ahead is setting your top three priorities. These are the must get dones. These are not the nice to get dones. These are like the big things that will actually move your business forward. So I look through what's on my to-do list for the week, and then I will write out very clearly what needs to get done, and I will make time for it. Mondays during my CEO date, going through my checklist, if I realize that my top three this week is recording all of January's podcasts, as it is right now as I'm sitting here, then I block it out in my calendar so that there's time for it, so that I'm not scrambling trying to find time for it. I'm purposefully making time for it. Then I'm going to go through and make sure I have documented 
what I am doing for my marketing strategy. You've heard me talk about this. How are you attracting new potential clients? How are you engaging new potential clients? How are you nurturing new potential clients? Um, how are you inviting new potential clients? And how are you delighting your existing clients? So because I'm asking myself this every single week, no balls get dropped. I'm always making sure that we are doing something in each of those categories. Now, I'm going to be honest, every single week looks a lot the same in those for me. Um, we kind of have our systems in place. They work very well. There's no reason to mess with the system. So almost every week I'm writing down, how am I attracting new clients? Well, I'm focused on podcast interviews. Angie's booking me for the interviews. These are the interviews I have coming up this week. How am I engaging new clients? Oh, the interviews we're sending people to the CEO date checklist or the business growth checklist. And we're tracking how many people are opting in from those. How are we nurturing our existing audience, our new potential clients, but they haven't bought yet? Well, we're sending out the podcast, we're sending out the newsletter, we might have special emails going out just to our most engaged subscribers. We're doing those things to really nurture them and build the relationship. How are we inviting new potential clients? Well, every month I'm focused on something that we offer. So I'll make sure I'm very clear, like what are we offering right now? And what am I making sure we're doing? Is it sending out a sales email about the CEO collective? Is it posting on social media about the CEO collective? Is it hosting sales calls about the CEO collective? And then how are you delighting existing clients? This is fun for me. I mean, I could just say, well, I host my weekly call with them, but like right now, it's the end of the year. We're just put together little care packages for every single person in the CEO collective. This is one of the fun things. I love being able to send little surprises. So by the time this episode goes out, they will obviously have already gotten them, but I'm recording it before the holidays. So I'm really excited because we just organized a great surprise that they're all going to get in their mailbox. And that is so fun for me. That is so fun for me. So I love sending out little presents or doing, you know, surprise check-in calls with people or just, you know, all sorts of fun things that really help them one to get amazing results and show how much we care about them, but two, to kind of give them a little bit of extra love and encouragement because it's hard going through massive growth. So we ask ourselves that every single week. Then I manage my calendar like crazy. So like I said, I don't wait to find time for the things I need to do. I purposefully make time. So once I know what I have on my plate that week, I actually start blocking it into my calendar. So I know what needs to get done and I'm making sure I have time for it. This has become so important for me to proactively do this. I can now tell again, because when you track and you have some data for yourself, you can tell in advance when you're going to feel a little stretched or when you're going to feel overwhelmed or not have enough time. For example, this week I came in on Monday morning and I'm recording this the week after Thanksgiving, even though it's going out in January, but I knew that my calendar was too full. And so I decided I need to free up some time in my calendar. I reached out to two appointments on my calendar and asked if they would be okay rescheduling, which I never do because I am such a stickler for holding my appointments, but it instantly gave me the time that I needed to get my top three done. And then they ended up saying thank you because they actually need a little more time to get things done because the holiday weekend kind of throws everybody off. So all of these things like managing my calendar all starts with the CEO date and having that model calendar. The other things I ask in my CEO date, and again, this is built into the calendar. This is just so 
incredibly important. I think this is my top three strategy here is asking yourself, where do you need support and what self-care do you need this week? People always ask, why did you include self-care in a CEO planner? And that's because what I have seen over and over and over again is keeping up with your business at this level, especially as you start bringing on team. If you have dozens of clients or hundreds of clients you're trying to take care of in your business, you can only do that if you have the capacity to do it. And that capacity starts with your self-care and your CEO habits. I'm going to talk a lot about this in the next episode, how to run your day like a CEO, but I want to make sure that I am doing the things to protect the asset, me, the CEO, like without me, this business is not going to run. (laughs) So I need to make sure I'm protecting the asset. I need to make sure I'm protecting my energy. I need to make sure I'm protecting my mindset. That is so crucially important. So I'll ask myself, what support do I need? Sometimes it looks like delegating things off of my to-do list, passing things off to my team. Sometimes that means going and, you know, scheduling the groceries instead of going through the store. Or sometimes it means going ahead and booking the meal prep service. Sometimes that means asking for a little more help at home when things are getting busy. Sometimes that means saying, hey, I need a couple hours for myself on Saturday, Can you take the kids for a little hike so that I can have a little quiet time? So I'm always asking myself this because these are the key things to helping me manage my time and my energy and my mindset. And I'll actually plug it into my calendar to my CEO planner. So every week I'm tracking a few key things that make such a huge difference in how I'm able to show up. And they are usually simple. They're usually drink enough water, get some movement and go to bed by nine or 10 o'clock. If I can do those things, I show up so much better for myself, for my family, and for my business. And then finally, I've gone through all of this. I'm ready to kick off my week. I update our project management system. I update the team. I make sure everybody's on the same page in case we have to make any tweaks or adjustments or changes. Okay, so then how am I sticking to what I've just mapped out for my week? This is where my CEO score comes in really handy. If you have listened to me for a while, I've done a whole podcast on the CEO scorecard, but this is a way of not just tracking your time, which is super valuable, so valuable. When you track your time, one, you're instantly more productive because you know you're going to have to like document what you're doing. But when you give every task that you are doing, a score. You give it a score. And then at the end of the week, you add it all up. You can tell whether or not you are focused on the higher value activities. So the CEO score is based on a simple little formula. I'm going to flip to it in my planner here so I don't mess this up. So your goal CEO score is what you're trying to hit every single week. And it's your goal revenue divided by how many weeks you work per year. And this is really important. I'm going to say it's not your goal revenue for like the next three months. It's the goal revenue for like the business you want to build. And I think this is really important because if you come to me to work with us in the collective and you're like, well, I want to build a $100,000 annual 
revenue business or half a million annual revenue business or a million annual revenue business, but then you're not focused on the types of work, the high value CEO level tasks that will build that, then it's going to be a very, very long slog for you. The only way we can really leapfrog over time and not slowly build up to showing up every day like a CEO is to make the decision right now. Like my goal is a million dollar business or a multi-million dollar business. I am showing up like that right now, every single day of the week. And because I have a score that is in alignment with that ultimate vision of where I'm going, I'm challenging myself every week to stay out of the low value tasks and to only stay focused on the high value tasks. So right now, my goal in my business every week is to hit $25,000 in my goal CEO score. This is not actual cash, by the way. This is just a way to track <laughs> what you're doing, to track your efforts. And it really just helps you stay focused. So this means when I'm sitting down and planning my week and thinking about what I need to stay focused on, I am focused on not the $10 an hour or $100 an hour activities in my business. I'm focused on the $1,000 an hour or $10,000 an hour activities. And I track my time and I give all those activities a score. And at the end of the week, I add it up. And if I don't hit my $25,000 CEO score at the end of the week, then I know I did not show up like the CEO with the million dollar business. So what are those different tasks? The different categories I just said there, there's the $10 an hour tasks. These are going to be administrative. These are going to be things that are kind of day to day in your business. They need to get done, but they're not growing your business. So this is like managing your inbox, managing your invoicing, billing, scheduling, basic customer service, doing website maintenance, doing bookkeeping, doing research, tracking the metrics, scheduling newsletters, scheduling social media, formatting blog posts, things like that. Things that really, as soon as you can, you want to have someone else on your team who can come in and and take them off your plate. So we actually underscore these because I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to find a great VA to take those things on and pay them $10 an hour. Like that would be terrible. You'll probably pay double or triple that. But we want to make sure you are clear that this is not your highest and best use of your time and energy. That's why it's $10 an hour for these types of tasks. The next bucket is $100 an hour tasks. These are more skilled. These are things where you you need to bring in people who are actually good at these things in order to take them off your plate. You might still be doing a lot of these and that's okay. But over time, we want to maybe bring people in who can take some of this off your plate. So this could be writing your content, blog posts, podcast, videos, whatever that is. Um, this could be running your Facebook ads, doing project management, writing newsletters, all of the customer delivery. So if you're offering services, you're doing something delivery related for maybe your programs or your coaching groups, anything customer delivery falls under this bucket. Copywriting, editing graphics, editing podcasts, anything where you're editing and doing stuff with technology back there, website development, integrating all the tools, making sure all the things speak to each other. So it all works behind the scenes, setting up the automation, setting up the processes behind the scenes, all of that 
is in the $100 an hour bucket. This is where honestly, most of your team will start to come into play as you grow. This is when you will not only have a virtual assistant, but you might have a online business manager, operations manager, you might have Facebook ads manager, you might have people who are doing more of your marketing for you. This is kind of where they'll start taking over. Then we have the $1,000 an hour and $10,000 an hour buckets. $1,000 an hour buckets, this is your strategic planning bucket. This is when you're doing your CEO dates, your strategic planning. This is also when you're building out sales campaigns, writing sales copy, having sales conversations. So getting on a phone call and having sales conversations or writing sales proposals, creating sales presentations, all of that falls under the $1,000 an hour bucket. And finally, the $10,000 an hour bucket is really about getting in front of a lot of people. This is about really the scalable marketing and sales strategies. So teaching webinars, running big challenges, doing public speaking, doing networking, being interviewed, being on the media, all of those things are super high value. So when you hear all this and my goal, you, you can see like I am doing one or two of these $10,000 an hour activities every single week. That is how I'm able to hit my score. But that's also why my business has grown to the point where I'm building this team and employing these people to make a difference, right? It doesn't happen by me staying in the kind of day-to-day minutia. It only happens when I stay focused on the higher value tasks. So every week in my CEO planner, and I'm looking at it right now, because I, I literally keep it on my desk every single day. I write down what I'm doing. I give it a score. I add up my score at the end of the day. I add up my score at the end of the week. And that tells me whether I'm on or off track. Finally, the fifth thing I do to run my week, like a great week really starts the week before. And that's why I do a weekly review. This is, again, it's built into the planner. This is a series of questions I ask myself so that I can extract the data I need in order to make better decisions. So I always start with my wins for the week. I'm constantly asking myself this. I tend to be somebody who does not acknowledge my wins. I'm working on it, trying to get better at it. But when I write them down, then I realize, okay, I'm making progress. That was awesome. I check in. Did I get my top three most important tasks done? Did I hit my CEO score? Then I ask myself, hey, what's working or not working? This is so important because then at my monthly review, when I flip back, I can tell if I'm ignoring the what's not working long enough, then I need to actually pause and correct it. So this past month, what wasn't working was my calendar was getting overloaded. I wrote it wasn't working at least three times. And I was like, okay, time to sit down with your SOP, update it, and then change up some things moving forward so that we don't have this problem. We don't have to settle for the things that aren't working. We don't have to just say, oh, it's just the way it is. We can make a decision and and do better as we know more. So this is a way I help keep myself accountable. And I'm like proactively nipping these problems in the bud. Then I ask myself, who did I support this week? Who did I connect with this week? What am I excited for next week? And who do I want to connect with next week? These questions I think are really important because I truly believe business grows at the speed of relationships. And I never really thought of myself as like a natural networker, but I've had some people in the last couple of years who've told me like, Rachel, you know, everybody, (laughs) this especially hit me when I attended she podcast live a couple years ago, I think it was now. 
And I was walking around and it was like, I knew so many podcasters and so many of the hosts. And I had a lot of business friends who were there kind of shocked me even. I was like, wow, I didn't realize I knew so many people here. But those are the relationships that turn into collaborations that turn into opportunities to teach for their communities, that turn into interviews, that turn into referrals. So I'm always looking to connect with people and to make sure I am like circling back with people who I've connected with in the past. Okay, so those are my top five things to run your week like a CEO. Just to recap, got to run your model calendar. You got to keep your calendar on point. This becomes more and more and more important as your time becomes more and more and more valuable. Create an SOP for your calendar so your team can help you run it and they can help protect your time and energy. Like your calendar is the biggest thing for me, especially as a highly sensitive person, is the biggest thing that will help me manage my energy is me managing my calendar. Next, your CEO date, getting that CEO date checklist, following that, checking in, handling things before they become an emergency, before they become a problem, planning your week proactively, game changer. Next, making sure I'm asking myself, where do I need support and what self-care habits do I need? This is all about making sure you're optimizing your energy, optimizing your mindset, taking care of the asset. Because if you don't take care of the asset, then your business is going to not feel very fun. It's going to drain you. Next, your CEO score, setting it, tracking it, making sure you are doing the right types of tasks that you need to be doing in your business. Just remember, if your score is low right now because of where you are, you're a solo owner-operated business, maybe you don't have any support yet in your team, it will go up you will challenge yourself as you start to level up. It will change. You will get out of that $10 an hour bucket and maybe be able to start delegating some things. We all start with the $10 an hour bucket that we're responsible for. But over time, you will start to see like, oh, this is where I need to get some support so I can get focused on the higher value tasks. And then finally, your CEO weekly review. Because a great week starts with the week before starts with being proactive. Again, you're hearing me say proactive over and over again, because it's so true. We want to avoid these things before they become a real mess in our business. So this CEO weekly review helps me to adapt and adjust knit problems in the bud before it becomes a real problem. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you did take a screenshot, share it with me, tag me at rachel.cook on Instagram. Let me know what you're going to implement. I would love to hear from you. I will also make sure we have a lot of additional resources related to running your week like a CEO. I will put it all in the show notes. And finally, if you are loving this series, I want you to go leave a rating and review so that you can enter yourself to win a annual package with four CEO 90 day planners. If you go and leave us a rating review on Apple podcasts, we will have that drawing completed, finished by uh, January 31st. In the first week of February, we will pull a lucky winner. We will announce it and ship them out a whole year's worth of planners. And of course you can always just go get a planner yourself. They're always available on the website. Thanks so much for listening. And I can't wait to talk to you soon.